Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet sponsored by R5 Website Management. That is literally true this week, guys. The noobs in the Whovian. Hello. <laughs> I just had to. My name is Austin, and I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the noobs. And this is the podcast where we introduce a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who haven't. And welcome to episode four. That's not right. Episode 47. (laughs) Episode 47, covering season four, episode four, the unicorn and the wasp. That's right. The unicorn and the wasp. I think you said season four, episode four. It's episode seven. I said four, episode seven. (laughs) We're mixing up numbers. Welcome to Noobs and the Whovian. (laughs) Professional podcasters. And mathematicians. All right. Episode... Uh, seven of season four, The Unicorn and the Wasp. This is the one where the Doctor and Donna retroactively steal credit for most of Agatha Christie's good ideas. The TARDIS lands in the 1920s just in time for a murder mystery to get started. People are dropping like flies, but something weird is happening. Donna saw an enormous wasp, like seriously, like two foot long stingers stuck in the door and everything. Agatha Christie thinks Donna and the Doctor are nuts, but can't help getting sucked into helping solve the mystery. Several Poirot cliches, clue parallels, and Agatha Christie illusions later, we end up in the study where Agatha and the Doctor slowly lay out how it all happened. Reverend Green did it. I mean, Reverend Golightly did it. Uh, That is, he's a wasp. Uh, And that is, his dad was a Vespa form, an amorphous insectivorous life form who'd crashed to Earth. Through some jibberty-jabberty, he got his little bug brain all mixed up and became a murderer. After a ridiculously low-speed 1920s car chase, Donna tricks the wasp into drowning itself, which causes Agatha to end up with amnesia because things. The doctor, remembering the details of her mysterious amnesia and disappearance, drops her off at the hotel where she was historically found. Turns out the doctor and Donna were there the whole time and even inspired some future novels. The end. Story number 194, guys. This was a fun little romp that I, I didn't see coming, but I, 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. It originally aired May 17th, 2008 to 8.41 million viewers, so still right in that 7 to 8 million viewer range, written by Gareth Roberts and directed by uh, Graham Harper. I don't know why this wasn't in my notes, but Graham Harper, I, have I mentioned Graham Harper's thing where he um, uh, always ha- includes a shot where you're looking at somebody's face in a weird way? No. Okay. I can't or remember never. if I've ever brought it up before because the first time I read about it, I didn't it get it. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense, but but the more episodes we've seen by this guy, I'm like, oh, that's totally that thing. And I actually, when it happened in this episode, I went, is this that thing that that one guy does? Oh, sure is. It's Graham Harper. Um, he does this thing where you see somebody's face like magnified or something. So in this episode, the way it happened was he, he remember the doctor handed Donna a magnifying glass mm-hmm. and there's a shot where she's holding the magnifying glass in such a way that the camera is looking at her face through the magnifying glass. So you get that like bubble effect where like the outside of her face is all warped and everything. Does he do that a lot? He does this in every episode of Doctor Who he's ever directed. And if I had written it in the notes, I, I probably would have included um, examples of it. But it... Now that I have mentioned it, and of course now, how much you want to bet? This was like his last episode. (laughs) Now that I've mentioned it, you'll notice it. Um, So anytime we're watching Doctor Who and they walk by something that magnifies their head or something, you'd be like, Graham Harper. Must be a Graham Harper episode. Actually, what you'll do is, is this that one guy that does the one thing with the stuff that Dad mentioned one time too late in the show? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) 
our, uh, our, won't be him. our cast this week, we have two uh, two big ones to note. The first is Agatha <coughs> Christie, uh, played by Fenella Wolgar. I'm sure I'm, um, I'm sure I'm <laughs> pronouncing that wrong. Uh, the reason uh, that, I, well, obviously, you know, she's the big guest star this week, but also she starred alongside David Tennant in 2004 in a miniseries called He Knew He Was Right. Um, and this would have been, you know, just, just a few years prior to her being in this episode. The other one, this is another David Tennant connection, there was a footman, uh, which is kind of like a butler. Mm-hmm. There's a footman who is not named in the episode, not even credited, played Sad. by David Tennant's father. Wow. David Tennant's dad, That's Sandy wrong. McDonald, because... Um, his name is Sandy? Yeah, his name is Sandy McDonald. That's like, that's a girl name, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's both. Mm. It's both. Uh, I thought it was a girl's name. Um, your mom played a doctor in a PBS <laughs> sketch, sketch one time called Sandy Bottoms. <laughs> it was. I remember a that. A beach theme. <laughs> I remember that. And she played Dr. Sandy Bottoms, which was originally a male role, but we decided, ah, Sandy could go either way. So she was cast as Dr. Sandy Bottoms, a doctor on the island where somebody had crash landed or something. I played the illustrious Sky Looplander, the wacky pilot. <laughs> and I got... I did not mean to go down this path, but I do need to share that I have been spotted. I was spotted in public as a result of this role, guys. I played uh, Sky Looplander in a VBS, a Vacation Bible School play one summer in like 1998 or something. And I was later on working at a KFC drive-thru and a minivan pulls up to the window and the dad is like, you know, being distracted by his kids and whatever. And finally he's like, okay, fine. And he turns and he looks at me and he goes, I'm sorry to ask you this, but is your name Sky? <laughs> and I went, no, <laughs> my name is Austin. And he goes, my daughter thinks your name is Sky. And she was like, it's Sky Looplander. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I've been spotted my public, they love me. Anyways, <laughs> and now credit. and now I'm a podcaster. That's not my only acting credit. I was in the newspaper for being in a play one time. Booyah! That's really. Cool. That's right. You don't tell us this stuff. You only tell I, us the <laughs> stories you've already told us. <laughs> yeah, tell us some good ones. Okay, so um, we're announcing the launch of our second podcast now. Um, so at any rate, maybe uh, a podcast. David, uh, what's that? Maybe a podcast. Maybe a podcast. Maybe. A podcast. Trademark. Uh, so, anyways, Sandy McDonald, David Tennant's dad, he he showed up on set to just visit and you know see his son at work or whatever. And the uh, director or producer or somebody said, "Hey, you want to be in the movie? Or hey, want to be an extra? Footman? Yeah, you want to be a sh- you want to be in the show? You want to be a, a random footman that like carries a bag and he's a- I think he appears like twice or something like that. So, um, fun little stuff there. All right, so there is a little bit of uh, miscellaneous trivia for this one in the original ending. The doctor actually used the car to push the wasp into the water. Yeah. And okay. the original ending, he went a little bit more Empress of Ragnos oh, oh, on the best before. Okay. Um, di- Wasn't he the one who wanted it to live, though? He's the one that called it okay. beautiful or whatever. So David Tennant objected, saying that it didn't fit the doctor's new attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember how he's he's changed since mm-hmm. the Empress of Ragnos? Incident. I love the and times when the actors know the characters better exactly, than the story exactly. writers. So he um, he objected, and it was rewritten. And the rewrite trip, you nailed it on the head. The rewrite pushes it home really hard when the doctor says, uh, "Donna, that thing couldn't help itself." You know, like you said, called it beautiful and all this kind of stuff. And a um, little bit more, 
like like the Ragnos thing, that was not the doctor. I mean, it no. was, but I, it's it's not the doctor not that we like. Doctor. It's not the doctor we prefer. That was Dalek episode doctor. Yes, this was Kirk doctor, not uh, Picard doctor, right? <laughs> um, and so this was. They rewrote it and made it much more Picard Doctor, where Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you got to save life at all costs and that kind of thing. And um, even drives it home with Donna, like, what the heck was that all about, Donna? Why did you do that? Yeah. Come on, man. So it kind of looks down on her. It's just a giant wasp. Um, Could we, could we, do we, should we take a moment now to discuss? No, let's, let's talk about the Vespiform and his demise when we get to the Vespiform (laughs) in the checklist, okay? All right. Remind me to talk about the death scene. Okay. Um, All right. So uh, the writers um, made direct references to check this out to 21 Agatha Christie novel titles throughout the episode. So. um, And then there were nine or whatever was one of them. Yes. That's the only one that I've read. That was one. Uh, There was one. um, One of them was was just like something that one of the kitchen maids said offhandedly. And it was it was they were quoting one of her titles, but, um, all the, so if you remember, um, the, 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 the lady that was throwing the party, she said, I've read all six of your novels. Mm -hmm. So this was early in Agatha Christie's career. So she didn't even have 21 to, to reference. So they were referencing books that hadn't even been written yet. Amazing. And there was a couple of them that, um, I think one of them, like Donna even pointed out a couple of them. Where she was like, the ones that murder in the library? Seriously, doctor? You know, like, because apparently, that, I, I think it was murder in the library. That's um, like one of the titles. And she was like, could this be any more cliche? And it's like when Spider-Man was like, that shield does not follow the laws of physics at all. It's like, thank you for pointing out what everyone has been thinking this entire time. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, referencing a movie we just finished watching last night. Yeah, so that's I fun. have to. That's right. Um, the doctor works. had suggested to Martha during the last of the Time Lords that they go visit Agatha Christie. And I think then, I remember that. And then never did. So Sad. never, yeah, never happened. Uh, but Didn't Martha leave last episode? Yes. Like yes, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. Yeah. Poor Martha. <laughs> Martha getting the shaft again. Uh, let's see, the doctor's flashback to when he rescued Charlemagne from an insane computer was actually do y'all remember what I'm talking about? No. Um, okay, so remember there was the there was the bit where they're interviewing each of the murder suspects and they say, Well, let me think. And then he goes, you know, and like mm-hmm. flashes back to what they were doing they during were the all time. Obviously lying about what they were right, actually right. doing. And then the doctor ends up sitting in the chair and he says, Oh yes, uh, you know, something, something, something. And then it flashes back to and he, he's talking about when he rescued Charlemagne from an insane computer. And it flashes back to him stand, like running through the woods with a sword in his hand or something like that. <laughs> and it's like, what the heck? Did, did either of you guys go, okay, I want to know that story? Yeah. <laughs> they made it into a story. <laughs> so of course you can, they did. You can, you can actually see it online. Um, it was, I don't, it's not, it's not even a comic. Um, it was just, it's just prose. And it's really, really short. It's like, it's like two pages. It's really, really short. Wow. Um, so I'll have to I'll have to pull that up for you guys. Um, Corbin, make me a note right there to um, put a to put a link to that. Can you see that note? The doctor's flashback. Yeah. Um, just put a note in there in all caps or something to, to I'll put the link to that um, to that short story. And then um, okay, so we're familiar here in the in the states with Clue, right? You guys are familiar with the game Clue yes. board yeah. game and board game slash movie based on the board game. Yeah. There was a movie based on it. 
No. Put it on the list. I've never uh, even played the game. Put it on the list. <clears throat> you don't even have to play the game for the movie to be amazing. The movie, the movie is awesome as a standalone thing. It has. You don't have to understand anything about the uh, game for it to be awesome. Oh, like I've played the game. Murder mystery. Yeah. Of course it is. It's Clue. I've played the game like it's, twice. It's like this episode without the time travel and alien monsters. You yeah. Know? It's, it's a murder mystery, I like, but it's I hilarious. like Agatha's stuff, at least the one that I read in English class. Cause right, right. To. Mm-hmm. But it was good because it's like... I don't think I've ever hey, actually read mystery. any of her stuff. Honestly. I, I, I haven't it's heard murder her mystery, ideas. but everybody dies. And then we figure <laughs> out who the killer is like Spoilers. 10 years later. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Everywhere else in the world, the game is called Cluedo, not Clue. Seriously? Yeah. Uh, Apparently, there's a game called Ludo that is kind of like our game um, Sorry or Mm -hmm. Trouble, um, Mm -hmm. those kind of games. Uh, It's similar to that called Ludo. And so this is supposed to be, I guess, like they're playing off of that name. Yeah, so it's Cluedo. And throughout the episode, there were... Um, there were a lot of not only Agatha Christie callbacks and allusions, but there was allusions to Cluedo as well. Obviously, yeah. Uh, Donna made a reference to one. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. I, I think it was in that same scene that I mentioned a second ago with murder in the library, where she said, "Seriously, Doctor Professor Peach in the library with the candlestick." Hello, or you know whatever it was she said. Um, Everybody else is like. What is this girl talking about? Right. Why is this important? If I remember correctly, the, every murder weapon from Clue showed up in this episode. <laughs> so there's a revolver, there's a lead pipe, there's poison. Um, Two foot long stinger. Uh, average. Stuff. Yeah, you know, typical typical board game stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so at any rate, uh, there was there was lots of that kind of stuff. So that's all we've got on the uh, miscellaneous trivia this week. We've got a new segment this week. We have our very first sponsor. It's us. Hey. <laughs> uh, Noobs in the Whovian is uh, not is not the only thing that the Reason family does. There's five of us in the Reason family, and so um, Keely, my wife, and I run R5 website management on top of uh, a myriad of other things that we do. We do a lot of things, but I just wanted to share one of them with you this week. Uh, we do we offer world class hosting, domain registration, and security, all at a great price. And by great price, I mean better than the other guys, cheaper than the other guys. Um, right now, we're, we're going to uh, run a special. If you go to store.r5websitemanagement.com, that's where you'll find uh, all of our hosting and domain registration, um, SSL, security, email, all those kinds of things, all the normal stuff. And if you go ahead, fill up your cart, get all the stuff that you're going to get, and then use the code noobs at checkout, you'll get 15% off. That's noobs, N-O-O-B-S. Noobs, for 15% off at checkout. If you use noobs in 00BS, which is like the hacker way of spelling it, you'll get nothing. You'll get nothing off because that's not how the coupon is spelled. How's it spelled, Corbin? N-O-O-B-S? That's right. Trip, what do you get for using that code? Stop. <laughs> He's <quizzing> us. 15% <laughs> we off. We weren't prepared. Pop quiz. 15% off. Use noobs at store.r5websitemanagement.com. All right. So let's R move is on. in the letter R, by the way. Uh, correct. Yeah. Yes, because there's five in the Reason family. All right. So moving on to our checklist, we have the baddie of the week. All right. So we've got the uh, baddie of the week is the Vespaform, which is a giant shape-shifting wasp. Shape-shifting? Yeah. Right? 
Kind but of. But he always shifts mm. into one, one to two different things. Yeah, he's that's only true. He's only thing. ever like a the dude or yes. Yes, that's a exactly what it is. He's only ever the dude or the wasp. He's never. He doesn't ever show up as like a different person. Or a like a, a grandfather clock in, in the office. Uh, I don't know. Why don't you go look it up? Because that's a good. That's a good call. Um, what I thought was actually Vespa. I think there is getting more like Vespers, like like vapors, maybe. Because um, I did think it was kind of interesting the way that it transferred. The one time that we Vespa. actually wasp is Vespa in Latin. How about that? So there you go. Vespa wavelength hemaviriform. Yeah, there you go. So in the same actually. way that, um, yeah, yeah, just just like the werewolf, he's either a wasp or a, or a, a human-ish looking dude. Um, I didn't really like the way he transformed, where it was just no. like, cloud of purple mist, no, now like, I'm a dude. Red face. Less intense Boom. than oh, yeah, there was uh, Dr. There was Lazarus. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, the, the, the death scene, I... <laughs> Did we have to do that? <laughs> I know. Did we have to do the bit where every time he said the letter S, he was only when he was about to turn. Only when he was getting yeah. Only when he was getting angry and hulking out. Apparently, giant space wasps also make a buzzing noise. Yeah, obviously. As they do. But what I wanted to talk about with the death scene was, I know we said so originally the doctor like, in some way, used the car to, like, drive him into the lake. Like, pushed him yeah. into the lake. Like, slam into him with the car, and he flies into the lake. Okay. All right, that kind of makes sense, right? It's violent. Knocks him into the water. He gets into the water, and he can't get out because he's a wasp. Because that's one way that you can take out a wasp is you drown it, right? Okay, fine. Yeah. But what happened during the rewrite where they said, oh, I know, we'll have Donna throw the thing in, and then the wasp will effectively commit suicide by diving into the lake. By the way, a wasp who has the ability to transform into, into a, a human, human that could have dived down, gotten the thing, and then come back up and then transformed into a wasp again. Like, right. what the heck, guys? <laughs> Was this just because they decided to change it at the last minute or whatever? I, I don't I don't honestly I mean, did that bother anybody else that the thing just, like, dove into the water and then, like, that was it. By the way, dove into the water and then was it. And then suddenly, dead. purple bubbles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't like it dove in the water and then thrashed about a bit. And I guess, you know, that would probably be expensive, you know, special effects wise. But I mean, it just dove in like it was like it was a rock, <laughs> just like a rock, bloosh, and then gone. Or like a giant Alka-Seltzer. Because it was like, bloosh, and then went, <laughs> I mean, like, if you look at it closely, you can probably see it disappear a couple of frames before it's even supposed <laughs> to go all the way underwater. So, um, so what do we, what do we think of the what do we think of the best perform? Are we eh, uh, okay? Okay, I, mean, I don't know. As far as special effects, like for the time, it looked pretty good. I uh -huh. would say, which is kind of what we say every time we talk about some sort of CGI right. Eventually, that's going to have to give way, but we're still what yeah. two thousand eight, so still yeah. eleven years ago. I but mean, I've seen to, like, trailers Thanos for the new or season, something. and it's much better. Oh yeah, in the terms new the, the new season's like CGI. A, a movie. It's amazing the the cinematography and everything. Uh, and yeah, I didn't think about that, but. A TV show has to split the budget among 13 episodes. Mm -hmm. So right. having amazing CGI for right. every single episode just isn't going to cut right. so it. So when whenever you always go to, like, comparing it to Infinity War... I know, um, that's... Cause you're talking about something that has, like... That's, like, a $5 million movie or whatever. <laughs> more than <laughs> considerably more um, in terms of... I think... I think... 
Uh, Chris Evans, I think I read the other day, Chris Evans makes $30 million per movie now or something like that. So, like yeah. Thanos was $5 million. Yeah, Thanos alone, the gauntlet was $5 million. <laughs> Um, Just yeah. one of the stones. No, that, that, that movie probably has a budget of like three or four hundred million dollars because they know it's going to make a billion. I know, and so they can spend it all did that money. Good. It's and did it make like three point five billion dollars? I don't total? know. Captain Marvel, as of recording today's what April sixth, two thousand nineteen, Captain Marvel hit a billion. So <laughs> I, I mean, know. you know, I mean, if you can have a big budget compared to how much you're making. Right, yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, you can, if you're you gonna make three hundred million on a movie, if you know you're gonna make a billion dollars, then I yeah, mean, you even if it's bad, everyone is gonna watch it. Like, <laughs> well, that's I mean, you know, that's, until that's you not, start having I mean, a bunch debatable, of bad ones. But when you have something where it seems like Endgame is gonna hinge on Captain Marvel, most people will probably watch right. it. Right. So at any rate, um, uh, yeah, they have way, 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 way less money <laughs> to spend. Because even if they had a $300 million special effects budget, which I don't think they do, but even if they did, they would still have to spread that over 13, 13 episodes. episodes. Yeah. yeah. So at any rate. They're um, an hour each, so. This was, uh, this was not my favorite baddie of the week. Mm-mm. But, but I, okay, let me, let me redeem that. Let me redeem that and say, this is a great villain for this kind of episode. Yes. If you're going to do a murder what? mystery, and y- you know, you knew, you knew as soon as the first guy died, y'all knew it was an alien, right? Yeah. yeah. You know it had to be an alien. I mean, yeah. it's Doctor Who. It can't be anything else. Yeah. Of course it's going to be an alien. The sad thing is they couldn't have made it a normal mystery, mystery murder sort of thing where, like, it wasn't an alien. It was actually a person. Oh but they just... It's Doctor Who, so... They yeah, so they, they, they've got to... What would have been interesting is if there was an alien and the alien wasn't the murderer. That would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. That would have been more like the current... Uh, the last season. That Turns just, out the first yeah. guy is the alien. Got murdered. Whoa. Oh, that would have been interesting. Okay. Yeah, that would have. Um, all right, so our well count, we had uh, we had two, which brings our running count up to 52. Um, let's see. This was um, oh, th- uh, this was one of my favorite ones. Um, the doctor, this was, this was classic. This is why we started the well thing. This was like oh, the yeah. classic model for this. He, um, he... Tells Agatha Christie, oh, I love your novels. Fool me every every time. Well, almost every time. Well, once or twice. Well, once, but it was a good one. <laughs> you know, I know. That's, that is the, that is the uh, well, three things and a lizard. That's the, yeah. that formula. I love that. Amazing. So, um, And then the other thing was uh, you'd, n- you'd never think it to look at her. Well, she's British. It's what they do. So uh, we didn't have that. We didn't get any I'm sorry's, no Alonzi's. We haven't had an Alonzi in a long time. I don't know no, if we're going to. Re- Honestly, I don't know if we're going to get any more. That might have been just that season. Because we haven't had one this season. Um, no what's, no... Um, oh, yeah, we did get oi. We did get an oi, fly boy. <laughs> that was great. And then she, like, threw something at the wasp or something, didn't she? Oi, fly boy. Oi, fly boy. Um, we didn't get any uh, shouts of run. That can't be right. There had to be people shouting run in this one. There I think we've stopped paying attention for There those. was. There was, there's like, just, two. There's just an insane amount of running. Like, so much running. It doesn't no, matter if we count shouts. the number of times they say run, because if we counted the number of times they just yep. ran in an episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna make an executive decision. We're gonna remove run from the from the checklist. All right, mm-hmm. goodbye. Run. Um, impossible. We did have two things that were impossible. The uh, the giant wasp was impossible to the professor and to Donna and to Agatha, mm-hmm. and then Agatha, of course, called the doctor impossible. Why is the doctor always impossible? Um, because he kind of does impossible stuff. And he kind of is impossible. Yeah, I, yeah, he is. I, I was gonna say he 
There you go. That's your answer. It's like, why answer your own question? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We did have some great jibberty jabberty. Uh, We had morphic residue. I don't even remember what that was. That was was like some stuff that was left on something. It was basically the equivalent of like honey for a bee or something. It was just something something left behind by the wasp. So morphic residue. Um, We had tons of amorphous, amorphous insectivorous life forms, but none in this galactic vector. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> so there's, in other words, vector. a giant, uh, a giant shape-shifting wasp is not uncommon, according to the doctor, because there are Except tons of amorphous... Uh, yes, not around in this neighborhood, not in this galactic vector, which is just a great way of saying not around here. Um, we had him, uh, the first time we hear the Vespiform is when he talks about the Vespiform sting. I thought that was describing the sting, that it was a Vespiform sting. What he means is it was the stinger from a Vespiform, mm. which was an amorphous insectivorous life form. Um, and then he also so talks about... classes a, here, just different levels. That's right, that's right. Uh, then we had the Vespiform telepathic recorder. That was the... Oh, what was what did she call that? The It wasn't the, the Moonstone or something like that. What did she call it? Um, it had a... It was one of those big giant jewels that has a name. Yeah. You know, like, like the, the heart re- of the ocean from like Titanic. It was like the red... Some, I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but it had the a really red, cool name. The, the, no, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. It, Can I say I love red. the criminal name? Unicorn. The unicorn. Like, amazing. Oh, yeah. Just amazing. Thief named I, that's, you know, that was, I did not understand that about the title. What? I know. She was not that big of a deal in the episode. Not important. To, to land in the title. Not important. She's got like mm-hmm. one scene where she says anything. It's, it's revealed, yeah, that's the unicorn. It doesn't even show a scene where she, like, gets locked up, if I remember right. It's just kind of like, no. and that's the unicorn. And, yeah, and she tosses the thing back, and the, oh, there you go, you're free. Nope, you, you don't get arrested or anything. Right. If, like, the unicorn had been in cahoots with the wasp, mm-hmm. like they were partners in crime or something, that would have made sense. But yeah. you have the unicorn, and the only reason that it makes sense at all is the title is because it gets said by the doctor. He actually says yeah. the phrase, the unicorn and the wasp, which again, he says that as though that's a cool thing. Like, oh, that's interesting. We ended up at a place where there's the unicorn and the wasp. Those two things aren't related. I know. Okay. Like if it was matter. like the unicorn like, and the, the Pegasus, so that might've made sense. Or the, the horse you know, and the donkey. Yeah. The, the hornet and the wasp. Like if, like if, yeah, instead of being called the unicorn, if her nickname was the, the hornet. Would have been cooler sounding and made much more sense. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, so uh, scale of one to ten for the title, negative three. Okay. <laughs> um, who's who? There was not a lot uh, in the who's who section this week. This is just kind of a one-off fun adventure story. Yeah. Um, we're gonna get. I some liked more. it. I liked it. Yeah. We are, however, next week we're gonna get some more character development. Next week mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna get into a lot more. What of is that. next week's episode? I don't remember. Uh, it's the two-parter. Uh, Silence in the Library and the oh, Forest yeah. of the Dead. That this one sounds one you really, said was really good. good. Mm-hmm. I really, really want to. It's the one that I'm really. Silence. Uh, no, no, it's not that silence. Nah. It's not that silence. Too bad. Um, it, but uh, I, I was, I was so looking forward to this episode. That's part of the reason why I was sad uh, that we that we didn't get to record. Last week, by the way, I don't think I don't know if I told you guys this, but I recorded a Facebook Live telling everybody why we didn't. Yeah, yeah you told us. Oh, okay, all right. Well, good. I actually you. heard you. Recorded. And everybody listening already knows because I turned that into an audio and made it a special release episode. Oh, epi- cool. Episode of the of the podcast stream. Episode. It was just an announcement in the stream, really. 
is what it was. Um, So other stuff we noticed. I love, I love, love, love time travel stories when they have characters who like accidentally inspire some of their favorite work. Mm -hmm. I love this. Um, So we had Charles Dickens, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Where they basically, you know, because the doctor showed up and they had their whole adventure at Christmas time with ghosts that kind of inspired Charles Dickens to write about, uh, to write a Christmas ghost story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, by the way, didn't that get mentioned here? I believe so. Didn't that get yes. mentioned in this episode? I, I don't yes. Know. Agatha Christie said something about next thing you next thing you're gonna Oh no no. Donna said it. Donna said next thing you're gonna be telling me Charles Dickens actually had ghosts at Christmas or like saw ghosts at Christmas. And I was like, oh well <laughs> I gotta, <laughs> the doctor was like that. Remind too, me to tell you later. <laughs> um we've had we had um Shakespeare, right? Mm-hmm. And he got inspired about witches. And the um, Sycorax. Yeah. Huh? The Sycorax. Oh, yeah, and, and the name Sycorax. Yeah, I forgot all about that. It looks like a Sycorax skull. Oh, yeah, what now? What? Uh, I'll use that. Yeah, nothing, nothing. I didn't say anything. Oh. Um, here we have um, Agatha Christie um, getting inspired in several different ways. Um, Just with her remembering about the wasp. Right, right. So apparently when, her amnesia wasn't total. I did when he, love... Um, when he went to open the book cover, I thought it was going to be... It was going to be like... Copyright of Donna or something. Oh yeah. But then it's like you're five billion. I'm like. Yeah, I did. I did love that part where it's like, oh, she never knew, but everybody kept reading it. Yeah, I I thought it was gonna be a dedication page to Donna or something. I did too. I really did too. There was this girl I used to know. I don't remember how or why or when, but her name was Donna, and she wanted to be in my books. That's right. That's right. Um, And then um, we're gonna we're gonna have this later with Van Gogh. And um, that one's that one's fun. That one's more akin to um, what I'm really talking about. Where in that episode, um, they kind of like accidentally inspire him to do some things that are like signature mm-hmm. stuff that he does. Um, and, or no, no, actually, I'm sorry. They don't accidentally. They very intentionally. <laughs> they very uh-huh. intentionally influence him. Um, Back to the Future. We can't we can't uh, go too long without mentioning Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Uh, Marty inspires Chuck Berry to invent rock and roll. You know. Yeah. Um, I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> hey, where, listen to this kid. Yeah, that's right. You know that new sound you've been looking for. So um, I he love. Starts it. playing one of his songs. Yeah, he I played it, played his song. song. Yeah. I love uh, I love when time travel stories do that, where they go back and I really like it when it's accidental. Yeah. When it's when it's accidental, and then there's like a wink about it, where like, like when Shakespeare said, "I might use that," you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, whoops," you know, <laughs> and um, I especially love when when they do that, and then they act like it's a problem, like when they go, mm-hmm. "Whoops," and I'm like, "What? <laughs> like, what? That's like so what? It was gonna a thing happen. that he's famous yeah. for." Well, and then the question becomes, uh, would he have realized that? Like, would he have? Right. Would that have been a book? Did, did they inspire him to do something he was going to do anyway? Or were they literally, the, you know, so then you end, you end up with an ontological paradox where, like, where did the information ever come from? You know, like, yeah, where did the song Johnny Be Good ever come from? Because I, I can just imagine, like, he's singing this. The guy's like, hey, check this out. Huh, I like that. Right song. That's the exact same song that kid was playing. How did you do that? Right, yeah. It's like... Okay, where did that Wait, come from? wait. Didn't... What? That song would have never been invented because... Because he went back in time afterwards, right? Like... Yeah. 
Yeah. He changed that's, the past, but that's that's why I'm saying you get into an ontological paradox where like that song shouldn't have existed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying. Like because where, that didn't where, originally who, happen. Who wrote Johnny Be Good? Because Marty learned it by listening to Chuck Berry play it on an album, and then apparently Chuck Berry learned it by listening to Marty play it over the phone at a prom. But I so mean, who wrote it? When he didn't even hear the whole thing, which makes me wonder: Did he just write it? And it came out the way right. it was because that's how it was going to be. Exactly. But then all the now, other people are like, you wrote the exact same song he sang. All right, so we, we've we've inadvertently stumbled into our let's talk about. So let's talk about ontological paradoxes because this episode has one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, and, and you were saying that uh, Chuck Berry didn't hear the whole song, right? So, yeah. so there was something there, right? Happen. You could say, okay... He, he made some of it. He sparked it, but he was going to write that song anyway. Apparently, it was inside of him all along, right? But with this episode, the doctor shows up, he notices the date, and he says, this is the date that Agatha Christie disappeared. And she disappeared for X number of days, and then she showed And by the way, some of the historical details that he rattled off are inaccurate. She didn't show up. at The name of the hotel was wrong. The time interval in between was, was wrong. The car was never left by the lake. There's a bunch of stuff they got wrong. However. Just for the sake of the episode. For the sake really. of the episode, um, let's deal with the facts as we know them from Doctor Who because I don't know the original story, actually. But he says, look at the date. This is the day she disappeared. And then he rattles off all the details. The, the car was found by the lake. She disappeared for whatever it was, 10 days. And then she shows up at the Hotel Duflachi and with amnesia, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, everything that happens is ends up causing those things to happen. Okay, so we have... We have the we have the issue of apparently this is a fixed point in time mm-hmm. because he was always there because the reason that Agatha Christie ended up with amnesia was because of Donna and the doctor's actions with the Vespaform, right? Yeah. So the reason that he knew that it happened is because it happened and it always happened that way. They were destined to always come back to that point in time, take those series of actions, and cause all of that to happen, right? Yes. Yeah. However, comma. Then you have the point where that's that's everything up to the amnesia. Then you have she showed up ten days later at the hotel fill in the blank. Say, wasn't it ten days? And then the whole story takes place within no more than three. There's no way. No, no, no. It's it's, it's it's from it's from the time that the wasp went into the lake, right? She drove off in the car that night and wasn't seen again for ten days and showed up at this hotel. Oh. That's the ten days. So when did so Corbin, you're you're hitting on what I'm getting at. When did those ten days go by? In the episode, when did those ten days happen? No when. They skipped them. They mm-hmm. traveled. They used the TARDIS. Yeah, because they forward. came out of the TARDIS. They used so the they TARDIS so to go forward. So they don't know what happened. <clears throat> they don't even know where she went. No, that's the thing. She always, they were always there. They were always there, which means the only reason that she disappeared for 10 days was because they used the TARDIS to travel 10 days into the future Mm -hmm. and go to that hotel. So the reason that she showed up at the hotel and was gone for 10 days was because they used the TARDIS to take her there. The only reason they took her there was because they knew that's what had happened. And that was Mm. a fixed point. So you can't change a fixed point. No, no, no. They don't ever mention any of that. I'm, I'm the one saying that it's a fixed point. And what I mean by that is 
that's the way it always happened because they had knowledge of the events happening and then they got there and the events that, that their, their actions caused the events to happen that they already knew about. So they didn't change time. They didn't change the circumstances. No, they didn't they, change the outcome. They didn't change they created anything. It. They created it. Mm-hmm. Right. Wait, but but then they followed it. So so in this one rare case, in this one rare case, this is an episode in which the rule of time travel is you can't change the past. Right? Mm-hmm. This is this is the time travel story where you go back in time and everything that you do ends up with the results that you had already known about. In fact, very mm-hmm. similar to the last one where they had, I did, what was it, the girl in the fireplace, uh-huh. similar in a way, and I think it might have been written by Graham Harper as well, where everything taking place when, within the episode is what always happened. They're time traveling right. around and all that. Right. Exactly. Yes. But it's exactly the same. Exactly. Every single time, no, matter, no matter how you do it. Exactly. No matter what they do. They, they never do change it. It's That's the way it always happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, so the ontological paradox there is, again, why did they travel forward 10 days in time? Because that's what history records as having happened. But why did history record it having happened that way? Because that's what they, they did. did. But they only did it because that's what history said was supposed to happen. But it only said that because that's what... They, you see so what I'm saying? So then what happens if you break it? Like... What happens at... Say, at some point. say somehow you knew maybe she suddenly appeared at the hotel at 10 o'clock. Uh-huh. And you say, okay, I'm going to drop her there at 10.01. Right. And the universe explodes. Mm-hmm. This trip is one to say. And then mm-hmm. as you keep going, what if you're like, okay, now it's 10.02. And eventually it's like, suddenly it's an extra day. Because mm-hmm. you've been doing it by one minute every single time. And it's like, what happens when you do that? Hmm, that's an interesting point. So you just slowly change history. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um, I, I, I did wonder about that. It, it, it struck me as we were watching it this go around that that um, those last few actions that they took at the end, so everything that they were doing up until that point, they weren't really, they were just rolling with the punches, right? Yeah. They weren't mm-hmm. saying, wait a minute, this is just the way history recorded it. You know, like, nobody... Because no one really knows what happened the day before she disappeared. Yeah. Well, yeah, because apparently nobody talked about it because it was so scandalous and or crazy town that nobody talked about it. So history doesn't record any of that happening. So they were just living in the moment. I think he even said in this episode, time is in flux, didn't he? Yeah. Probably. That's what I thought was interesting. Was that he said to Don, because Donna's like, well, you know, she can't die because she writes more books and whatever. And he's like, but time is in flux. Things are changing around us. Our actions are impacting things. But then as it turns out, time was not in flux. This was a fixed point. This was a fixed point. They didn't didn't change anything. Right. Or they just held by what had always happened. And it just so happened that them rolling with the punches was what originally happened. Well, it was. Yeah, that's the point, yeah. is that it was what originally happened. The fact that they're yeah, going with their instinct proves right. that this is what always happened. Right. Because otherwise they're stuff up. At like the very like end is where they have the chance to... Now they have to now they have to answer the question, can we change time or can we not? And they don't even address it. They don't even address it. That's the one... The one thing that bothered me is that they do not address it except to say, oh, I guess that's why she showed up here. Like, they... 
they kind of give a wink and a nod to it, but they don't ever like wrestle with the with the question of can we change this fixed point in time? Okay, all right. So that's enough of my my rant on ontological paradoxes. So uh, let's see. We do have our classic who uh, connection for the week, and I am going to pull that up. Take it away, Jared. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. It's Jared here, bringing you your classic who connections for the unicorn and the wasp. I don't have much for you this week. Not a whole lot of connections. I watched it. I read about it. I researched it. I found some tiny, tiny threads. <laughs> so I'll be very brief. And we're going to start with the director. You've probably already mentioned that Graham Harper is the director. And he also directed two classic Who serials. The Revelation of the Daleks and The Fifth Doctor's last serial, The Caves of Androzani. At the risk of building it up... I certainly hope you will do an episode on The Caves of Androzani. It is one of my all-time favorites of all of Who. So someday I hope you will uh, do an episode on that one. And the only other thing I have is that Sir Hugh makes a brief mention of the relief of Mafeking during the Boer Wars. This is referencing a real war for the British Army. They were engaged in combat in South Africa and the siege of Mafeking was like 200 plus days long. And then the relief, of course, was the end of that siege, the relief of Mafeking. Okay. And so the first doctor mentions in the fourth serial of season three, which is the Daleks master plan, he mentions that he was at the siege of Mafeking. I don't really need to give you a plot synopsis for the, that story because it's about the Daleks and it's classic who. The Daleks want to take over everything, and only the Doctor can stop them. That's kind of the formula of the time. But what I do <laughs> want to tell you about this serial is that it is the longest story in all of Doctor Who. It, it's what? five hours long. It's 12 episodes. <laughs> and you know what? I've never even seen it. Most of it's lost because of the oh, destroyed no. tapes. I, I think there's only like three episodes left. So I've never actually really seen this episode. I've just read about it. But it is also could be considered the first Christmas special because an episode was airing on Christmas Day and they weren't into specials this. at that time, but they thought, well, we'll make this a comedic interlude in a dramatic story for Christmas Day so that anyone watching has a lighthearted story to watch. And the doctor actually turns to the camera, breaks the fourth wall, and says, Merry Christmas to everyone. Some I, I don't know his exact line, but wishes everyone a Merry Christmas. So it's got its place in Doctor Who history for a couple of reasons there. Maybe someday the whole thing will be found and we can watch it again. So, with the Daleks in mind, get a quick joke for you. Why did the Dalek apply for a job in pest control? I don't know. Why did the Dalek apply for a job in pest control, Jared? Because he liked the job description to exterminate. <laughs> Look, I said I had a joke. I didn't say I had a good joke for you. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give this a rating of probably around 7.5, I think is a good number for it. Uh, it really wasn't uh, one of my favorites. I loved the Agatha Christie references, but I'm not a huge Agatha Christie reader myself. And a giant wasp, that's like something right out of my childhood nightmares. So I'll give it 200 levels for uh, the creep level. And with that, I'd like to say thank you to the TARDIS Wikia because this episode didn't really give me a whole lot to go on. And my memory didn't even stand a chance. 
I've never even seen the episode referenced. That's all I've got, and I look forward to bringing you more classic Who connections next time. How did I not see that joke coming? <laughs> I, I did. I, I did. <clears throat> you did. I don't know how. I just walked into it. I was. I was too busy trying to play back what he said so that I could say, I don't know, Jared, why did the, I almost didn't get it. Okay. Um, good stuff there. So, um, I we have seen do more jokes actually. That'd huh? be fun. <laughs> I have seen the, uh, Christmas, the quote Christmas special clip that he was talking about there. It is bizarre. Mm-hmm. It is so bizarre. Um, I, I don't know if he mentioned it or not just now, but, um, if I remember correctly, the episode not only, played on Christmas. I think it took place on Christmas Day. Did he just say that? I think he did. Well, the doctor said Merry Christmas. Maybe. Who knows? Okay. If I remember correctly, you get get clear to the end of this marathon storyline, like you said, like five-hour episode. Twelve episodes. And there's a a brief mention at the very end. Oh, look at the day. Look at the date on the calendar. It's December 25th. It's Christmas. Like, it's not part of the episode. It's like they threw it in there because they were like, oh, you know what's weird? This episode's going to air on Christmas Day. And he does. He takes, like, he takes out, like, some brandy or whatever, and he's got his little glass, and he does. He turns, he's, he's like, doing a toast with everybody or whatever, you know, Merry Christmas to all of you or whatever. And then he look, and then he does. He just looks at the camera and says, and a Merry Christmas to all of you out there and then drinks the drink or something like it's just so so bizarre and First i think our fourth wall break they've had i assume i think i read it's the only fourth yeah, wall break yeah that would it's a very sense. realistic show they don't go towards the fourth wall breaks yeah yeah, like, yeah. at all but i mean that i mean i still consider the the weeping angels a fourth wall break but definitely cuz eh, they're not moving like, but even that's an even that is an in-universe fourth wall break. You know, n- at no point did an angel look at you and wink. You know, <laughs> like that doesn't happen. But um, uh, oh, hello there! I didn't see you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ex- exactly, exactly. Oh, hello there! I was just firing up my TARDIS and didn't hear you come in. Please join me on an adventure, won't you? Um, gosh, that would be terrible. Would be um, so it it is a very uh, a very bizarre one there. So I did, Jared. I did take uh, take a note there and I put caves of Androzani or Andro. Androzani, I've never known how to pronounce it. Um, I did throw that on our um, show schedule um, for that doctor. Um, I have heard that that is an incredible story. I feel weird about, you know, as we're going through Classic Who uh, and we're going to want to say, okay, what's what's like the best story from each doctor to cover those? I feel weird doing the final story of a doctor mm-hmm. as our introduction to that doctor. True. I That'd feel, be a little weird. I feel weird about that, and I, and I only feel weird in the sense of, are we going to be completely lost? Or, Probably. Well, so like, I'm, I'm, Jared, I'm talking to you. I'm asking you, um, and all of our other um, classic Whovians out there, if we just, if, if that is our first exposure, Caves of Androzani, is that going to be, is that going to work for us? Or are we going to spend, you know, the, the first episode of the, of the arc going, what the heck is happening right now? What so, is happening? Uh, so you guys this? let us know. Um, email us at noobsandthewhovian at gmail.com. Jared, you just let us know in your next segment or via email, however you want to do that. And, uh, and, but I did make a note. I did put it on the schedule and we'll, we'll evaluate that. That, um, by the way, that is currently on the docket 
for April 5th mm. of next year. <laughs> so, oh, I was going to say. Today is April like, 6th. Is, wait, so, didn't that happen? I'm confused. Yeah, no, that is that is a full 12 months away from from right now if, uh, of course, if we stay on count. And actually, a nice podcast. We didn't do an April Fool's joke this year, so. Uh, we didn't do one last year, did we? We've never done one. No. Okay. We're a nice podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, we said be nice. All right, so that does bring us to our overall impressions. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first. I, I will say this, and I said this in the announcement uh, segment that I that I released. This was way more fun than I remembered it being. Uh, this was one that I didn't remember much about it, but I was like, oh, man, Agatha Christie, I don't know anything about her. Oh, man, it's yeah. like a, an episode of Poirot. Is this going to be any fun whatsoever? Blah, and then we got into it, and like trips. Well, I won't steal your thunder. Um, I had a blast with it. I had so much yeah. fun with this. Um, I like well written mysteries, and considering it's Doctor yeah. Who, this was one. It was really good. yes, yes. I thought it was great. So that in mind, um, and and still though, still though, we we're, we're still hedging bets. I'm gonna go with Jared. I'm gonna match Jared at uh, seven point five broken uh, wasp stingers <laughs> stuck in the door, two foot long. <laughs> Trip. What about you? Um, I think this was definitely one of my most favorite episodes. Really? Okay. I really? love the whole mystery. Like, like for me, I never really see it coming, really. Okay. Because, I mean, I don't really watch a lot of mystery shows, which is probably why I don't see it coming as much. <laughs> but you, you don't know the formula yet. Yeah. I don't yeah. know it yet. Right. And but, she kind of is the formula, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I like... Like, reading them isn't really the best, but, like, watching mystery shows, okay. I, like, really like doing. Like, what what was that one show? It was, like, the... Was I some, don't remember. It was we some used old to watch show. It was we really watched fun. it at... It was a detective show. Oh, yeah, uh, was, not Matlock. Um, no, someone. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 we can't remember. Oh, your grandparents better not yeah, be listening to this, because they'll be, they'll be screaming... Uh, into their phonograph. They would have uh, <laughs> No, I really hope they don't listen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure your grandfather has owned one in his lifetime. He has um, one now. Perry Mason? But... Is it Perry Mason? No, it Columbo. was... Yes, Columbo. Columbo. Yes, Columbo. Okay. Right. It was that one. It's one of those. It's it's very good show. Good. I haven't seen very of course, much of it. Columbo is not made to be a mystery you solve because... You can tell the person that's trying mm-hmm. to get the most in with Columbo is always the person that's done it. So. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> every that, that's, si- the, that's the formula that's for the Columbo? That's okay. every, I don't know if they generally episode. show the murderer, but whoever is trying to okay. be in cahoots with him is... But even those so, are kind of surprising. So, Tripp, what, what you told me as we were uh, when we got done with this, you said, man, I just like a good uh, murder mystery. Yeah. You're like, this is fun. You know? I so, like so murder. So what are, what are, what are you going to give it? What are you going to give it out of 10? So... This was definitely one of my top rated. I'm going to give this one a nine. Like, Whoa, this wow. was, like, way, okay. way up. We've nine, never nine given what? an episode a ten, though. Nine what? Um, oh, no. Nine out of ten. Oh, I don't want to do an obvious one. Like, I was going to say Ag- Agatha Christie's, but no, that's too obvious. <laughs> that's the problem I Let's have do with it. this sort of stuff. Agatha Christie's. No, um, nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> buzz noises. Buzz noises. Okay. Uh, Corbin, did, so none of the three of us gave Blink a 10? Wait. I don't think so. Wow. I gave it a 9. I, I should have given it a 10. 
Uh, you can. You can change your normal. I change it now. I, I kind of feel the same about this, the ratings that my science teacher feels about grades, which is you can always improve. With <laughs> grades, it's uh-huh. dumb because the highest grade you can get is a 99. Uh-huh. But um, well, okay, I feel so like there's always room to improve. So giving it a perfect 10 is just I, I would say that saying a, I there's would say nothing that a perfect 10 exists, do. but they're going to be hard. Because to me, that perfect 10, that means it's a perfect episode. That means I would not change. If I could go back right now, mm-hmm. I would not change anything about this episode. Mm-hmm. And this one has plenty of crap I would change. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know that Blink does, though, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I'm sure that we had our stuff that we that we fussed about. I'm sure because we're I mean, that kind of nerds. But yeah. All right. So what are you going to give this one? Enough enough about other uh, stuff. What are you going to give this? I'm gonna go like right in between y'all because this was a good one and I like the mystery sort of thing, okay. especially one where you have to try and solve the mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna say eight Vespa forms. Eight Vespa forms. Yes. Not to be confused with Vespa scooters. Okay. What? Uh, it, it was a thing. All right. Okay. So creep level. Jared gave it a uh, two hundred out of five hundred. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, because like the giant wasp is pretty creepy. I think the wasp yeah. was at its creepiest before we ever saw it, which yeah. is true of most monsters, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. True of most monsters. However, once you saw it, it was pretty good. Like it yeah, was not. Yeah. It could have been way worse, oh, uh, yeah. given given the two thousand eight te- technology <laughs> and budget <laughs> oh, yeah. that we've already beaten to death talking about. But um, like I think we do that, every time there's CGI in an episode. That's right. I think that it was um, pretty good. Again, I'm going to come at this from the from the perspective of our seven year old, and say I'm going to give this a good 311, um, because um, uh, the 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 scene where he does finally transform in front of them, Trip, you reminded me like his face went red and he got all like like freaking out. Um, yeah, that was pretty rough. Um, I think that the car chase scene would be terrifying to a seven-year-old, but to me watching it, I was like, really? Well, then, you're gonna like, go this thing would have landed on her and impaled her a <laughs> hundred yards ago, but whatever. You're um, going to you're gonna go that route? Like, most likely, guy? honestly. So, all right, so three, 311. Uh, Trip, what do you got? I think I'm going to go on a way lower of the spectrum. Okay. This, see, I'm not writing it from No, you guys write it for you. That's yeah. right, that's right. I write, I write it for myself. Like, the stuff that you say most of the time kicks mine up a bit. Like, how you were saying, like, the transforming, yeah. that kicked mine up a right, bit. Right, right. So, I think I'm going to say, like, 196. So, okay. like, kind of not creepy, but there, it, I say this for every episode, it had its parts. Yeah, 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 they usually do. All right, Corbin, what do you got? Pretty much every episode of Doctor Who does have its parts. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to give it a 200. Like, just like Jared's solid 200. Mm. Gotcha. All right, so last week, uh, Jared asked the question, is Jenny Susan's mother? All right, so remember last week, Jenny, or two weeks ago now, Jenny was the, 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 uh, not clone, what was it called? Uh, Something, Genosis, Genesis, anyways, whatever. Mm, Um, It was Genosis, I think, but I don't remember. Something like that. Uh, it was the sort of clone of the doctor where the doctor was both father and mother. Uh-huh. And so the, uh, and then we diploids thought she died. Diploids and haploids and all that. Huh? Diploids and haploids. <laughs> and exactly. That. Uh, so it, we thought she died, but then she didn't. And she mm-hmm. took off into space. A, 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 by the way, a turn at the end that I had completely forgotten happened. 
uh, because it makes sense. If you're going to clone and the doctor. Bam. She's alive. Yeah. Okay. If you're going to give the doctor a daughter all of a sudden, you kind of have to kill her at the end of the episode. It's kind of like yeah. anytime somebody shows up on Star Trek that's like, you know, Riker's dad, um, you know, it's like, oh, well, he's going to be dead soon. Riker, um, you know. Yeah. Anything like that. Um, but she escaped. She she uh, was revived by the, the um, terraforming device and she took off. And so Jared left us with the cliffhanger is Jenny Susan's mother. Remember Susan Foreman being the doctor's granddaughter and the very beginning of Doctor Who. So Corbin, you said you had some stuff to talk about. Um, there was one line in particular and I can't remember when or where or... I don't remember anything about the line Mm -hmm. except for that it was specifically mentioned in the line that he had a, a family and a daughter previous to this. He did, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He meant, I think in it was when they were, not in this one, in the last one. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the episode, yeah, in, in the, the episode, The Doctor's Daughter. Mm-hmm. The he about, mentions yeah. that, and I think it's when they're stuck in the jail, he mentions that sort of thing, how he mm. had yeah, he did. previous family. That, that's what I was thinking. So was, was, that, um, was that the extent there of, of what yeah, you wanted to cover? Yeah, that's, I mean... That's enough for me because <laughs> it literally is just flat out telling you that, you know, it's not Jenny's mother. And right. honestly, if you want more evidence, I feel the fact that she just kind of ran away and we don't know what happened to her. The likelihood of, like, somehow Susan finding the first reincarnation of the doctor uh-huh. would become incredibly less likely. Uh-huh. So I just, that's my reasoning behind it. Gotcha. Okay. So just, just likelihood, probably not. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm trying to find, uh, we did do a poll and my computer is loading slowly. I'm trying to find, we did a poll and said, is Jenny Susan's mother, and I'm trying to find it. Ah, it won't load. Where is it? It's taking a while. Uh, gosh, I can't find it. It's not loading properly. Well, um, in the meantime, I will mention that I ran across a fantastic April Fool's joke um, over the um, uh, over the over April Fool's Day. Oh, here it is. Okay, is Jenny Susan Foreman's mother? Um, oh, we had a 50-50 split on the vote. Uh-huh. <laughs> 50-50 split on the vote. How many uh, people voted? Uh, two votes there, so one and one. Again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, a dead split. Um, so, spoiler alert, we'll just go ahead and, and tell you the answer to the question. Do y'all want to know the answer to the question? What? Is Jenny Susan's mother? Oh, yeah. Do y'all want to know the answer to the yes. question? Yeah. All right, so spoiler alert, skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to know. No, she's not. Uh-huh. <laughs> Never brought up again. Yeah. <laughs> so she's kind of out there. Now, there were some stories with her uh, that uh, in the audio dramas and books and comics and things like that. Figures. Um, there always is. Yeah. Um, now, uh, and, and those were the ones where that I had mentioned that they there's a little in-joke about how a clone of the Doctor tends to look like previous incarnations, and that's why mm-hmm. she looks like the fifth Doctor, mm-hmm. because she's actually the fifth Doctor's daughter. Yeah. Um, yeah. That whole thing. So, all right. So, anyways, over there have been multiple clones huh? of the Doctor, apparently. What? Because there have been multiple clones of the Doctor, apparently. Uh-huh. Right. 
Um, I did come up. Oh, no. Oh, no. What? I can't tell you about this. Oh, no. That's why I didn't tell you all about this. Oh, man. Sad. There was a good... Okay. All right. Um, Whovians. Uh, I'll I'll mask it as much as I can. Um, that's why I didn't share it to the page. I didn't share it to the page because it's a spoiler. We haven't gotten there yet. Um, How far away? Uh, Is it like this? Season? End of this season, I think. Wow. End of this season. How many All right. episodes? Okay, okay, okay. I'm just... Uh, okay, so, Whovians. I saw an official announcement from bbc.com. Co.uk. This was on the BBC website. Mm-hmm. And I freaked for a half a second until I realized what day it was. It was the first thing that got me this year. It was the very first thing that got me because it was so reasonable. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the BBC announces that the TARDIS is real. You know, it wasn't like that. It was it was an official announcement for a spin-off show. Oh, I don't want to spoil it. Starring David Tennant. And Billy Piper, the show is entitled Meta Crisis. All right? So you guys are staring at me like, what the heck does that mean? But the Whovians, I hope you died a little inside like I did when I realized that it wasn't actually happening. Because this totally needs to be a show. I'm going to start a petition. And at the end of this season, you guys will know what I'm talking about. I think. Crap. Maybe not. Wait. Yes, I think. Okay. So when we get, when you hear the phrase again, okay? Meta crisis. When you hear that phrase again, ask. Remind me about this, and we are starting a campaign. We're going to start a petition, unless one has already been started, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get this thing to happen. And if one has, it's animated. Huh? And if a petition has been started, we're signing. We're signing it. Um, (laughs) The the thing was, I read the entire article, guys. I read the entire article, and it was in the very. It was in like the last three paragraphs that I started to see the cracks that it wasn't a real story because there they had fake quotes from Billy Piper, uh, David Tennant, and I don't know, like Russell T. Davies or somebody, um, one of the showrunners. Um, I think that's what it was. I think they said Russell T. Davies is going to be the showrunner for this new spinoff show called Metacrisis. And um, the, the thing that finally clued me in was that David Tennant was... Uh, quoted as saying, it's funny, I seem to get contacted every year at this exact time about whether or not I'm going to be doing a spinoff show. And I went, what does he mean at this time of year, at this exact time? Daggone it! And then I realized this exact time of year is April Fool's Day. So um, holy cow, it was a great article. Um, I don't want to share it because I, it may give away too much to the noobs, um, but Whovians, you guys can uh, can go look that up. And I'm pretty sure it was at bbc.co.uk. So, at any rate, um, Corbin, do you are you saying you has a theory? Yes, I has a theory. Okay. Um, I think it. I teased this one in our last episode, mm-hmm. but I said it wasn't quite complete because I had to work out the. Have you have you had time to work out? Or I do you wanna, believe. Do you want to hold on so. to it till next week because we're running a little long I, this week? I think. I believe I have everything done with it. So, my idea, and I think, Dad, you're the only one that this is going to make sense to at first. Okay. Is the idea that quantum mechanics might explain why the weeping angels turn into stone upon being looked at. That's exactly why. I think he actually says it, doesn't he? It, does he? It was... He said, yeah, he, call, he says they're quantum locked. Yeah, it was... When you observe them, yes. you change them. So... I'll explain it then. 
since some people might not understand what that means. Go for it. But uh, let's just take the most layman's example of quantum mechanics, a.k.a. Schrodinger's cat. Okay, mm -hmm. you have a cat and a box with one version is there's TNT, and there is a 50% chance that TNT will explode or won't. So um, there is... Since it can be an either, the idea is that it is both until we observe it, and the math behind it is weird and confusing, and I wouldn't even understand it. But you have to understand that it is both until, in some way, shape, or form, you observe that it is one or the other. So the weeping angels are both human and stone, or whatever, weeping angel and stone, <laughs> right. at the same time, until you look at them. When you look at them, the quantum states break down, and they become stone. And that's why, upon looking at them, instantly, right. you will freeze. They will freeze. They will freeze, not you. you will <laughs> that will be Reverse really cool. Medusa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that. He actually does reference that. I don't remember if he. I think he said it in Blink. He says that they're I think quantum, it was quantum locked. locking. Yeah, yeah he, he said they're quantum locked. It's a it's a fact of their of their nature. So good stuff there. All right. So um, for listener input, we didn't have um, any direct listener input this week. Um, actually, Corbin, um, uh, pull up iTunes real quick. I don't, but I don't think we've gotten anything new. Um, while he's checking that, I did want to mention, as I said in our announcement, that we have launched a Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash noobs and the Whovian, you can become a patron. Now, I mentioned on the live video slash announcement episode that um, we had two patrons. Uh, one of them is a friend of the show, James Kennison, and then the other one is the classic Who man himself, Jared. Um, I hadn't talked to him yet about it, and so um, he, he did tell me, though, in an email. He said, oh, yeah, that's fine if you want to you want to mention that. So, uh, so he is uh, our, our second patron. So we have um, two that are that are pledging uh, $5 between the two of them. And um, let me see. I, I need to pull that up real quick because we have a couple of levels that I did want to talk to you about and let you know. The basic idea behind Patreon is it's just a way of supporting art that you love. So if it's a blogger, a podcaster, a musician, anything like that, and uh, you can come in, you can pledge on a per month basis. You can start at a dollar. Um, we have a couple of different tiers. So anybody who pledges a dollar a month, we're calling Wilf, <laughs> right? Because um, you're one of our companions. I mean, um, all of this was just kind of made up on the spot. It so. had to be. Yeah. Um, $6 or more a month makes you Donna. <laughs> Of course. Mm -hmm. And okay. then $12 a month or more makes you a hosting host. Now, the reason for that is that uh, it costs us $12 a month for hosting. Trip, I told you $15 a month earlier, yeah. and I, I was kind of wrong about that, but sort of right also at the same time. It's $12 a month, basically, is what it comes down to. Um, and that is for um, keeping all of our episodes online. It costs us $12 a month to do that. So if you step up and say, hey, I'm going to be the hosting host, I'm going to host your hosting. Does that make sense? Um, I'll do the $12 Not really, a month. Not really, but we go with it. <laughs> I'll do the $12 a month. Then you'll be hosting our hosting and we're going to let you be a host. We're going to let you guest host on an episode. Um, we'll, we'll do a special episode where we bring on um, anybody that comes on at that level and we'll uh, we'll work out the details. Not as a not as a uh, an ongoing thing necessarily, but as a, a special one-time episode. Um, we'll have you on and do uh, a special episode and... Um, 
just join in on the fun with that. So um, all of that is going to directly uh, benefit the, uh, the podcast. Um, so we're just looking right now, what we would love to do is make Noobs in the Whovian pay for itself. Because as we mentioned uh, mm-hmm. last week, you know, we've got a couple of hundred dollars uh, sunk into the equipment that it took to do this. And we only got this stuff to do the podcast, really. Um, yeah. None of this stuff was like yeah. side hustle stuff that we <laughs> like said, hey, let's also do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we, we've got some money sunk in there. We're, we're paying for hosting on an ongoing basis. We would love for it to break even and just make, a, you know, make it so that it pays for itself. The, the second thing that we want to try and do is um, get a new laptop. We're we're running a couple of different laptops every day when we uh, each week rather when we record. And Corbin has to hijack one of my laptops um, because it has the recording software and the editing and all that kind of stuff. And then I have to sit around and twiddle my thumbs <laughs> when I should be doing other stuff um, so that he can mix that down. And then I go through and I upload it and put it on the website and all that kind of thing. Um, so we would love to replace, uh, not replace. Um, uh, just add on to get another laptop that would uh, enable him to do that a little bit better. And then obviously our like our crazy, stupid, wacky dream would be that um, Noobs and the Whovian would be something that actually earned us some money and we could mm-hmm. spend more time on it. Because that's what it boils down to is that, um, you know, we're, we're doing this because we love the show and those kinds of things. But if it ever got to the point where um, we were able to, you know, make income off of it, we would actually be able to throw more time at it because we yeah. would be able to, you know, to free up some other time. Because we're struggling with time because, like, we got jobs, we got all that stuff yeah. that we right. need to be doing. Right. In the meantime, it's hard to manage multiple things because especially because we have, like, a crammed weekend, it's very hard to yeah. get in, especially with two parters, it's very difficult to get in the episode and right. the release. I had podcast. I had a crazy thought that we might actually be able to record this episode, go watch the next one, and then record again so that we wouldn't technically miss a week. We could release twice this week, and then I remember that it's a two parter the next. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that's gonna happen. Stupid so. Doctor Who. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's not what you just said. Oh. All right. So um, so here's the thing, guys. Um, that we we've launched Patreon, and um, I am I am I am dumbfounded. I launched launched it and I put it out on the Facebook page and we got two subscribers before we could ever even announce it on the show. Um, so I am, I am absolutely blown away by that. That is amazing. Um, like I said, we're, we're doing this because, um, not because we are an awesome show, but because we watch one, we mean that when we say that, um, we want this show to be as awesome as possible, the podcast. Um, but it's because we watch a great show together. We enjoy it as a family and, um, we understand, um, Corbin, what did you say you heard on a podcast Mm, the other day? I don't, you're talking about GOK. Oh, the I don't know the fact that Fridays. James Kinnison said he watches Doctor Who every Friday now. Right. So, where did that come from? Hey, quiet. <laughs> Sorry. Quiet. <laughs> My Facebook is blinging in the background. Um, yeah, James mentioned he watches Doctor Who every Friday. I don't know if that's because he started listening to Which, our podcast, but I'm just going to pretend that it is. Can I just say that all three of us right now, the first <laughs> podcasts we ever listened to, were all made by James Kinnison. Yes. <laughs> and now he listens to us and supports us on Patreon, yeah. which is amazing. So, um, uh, well, just like David Tennant, we get to do what we love. 
That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks so much for that. And um, uh, he also threw that into his Facebook group. And so I know some of you guys um, came to us via listening to uh, that story show and the other stuff at the NLCast Network. Um, so thanks for being here. Thanks for being on the, the wibbly-wobbly train, as we say. Yeah. Uh, so if you, if you find value in what we do, Patreon is just a way of you giving some of that value back. That's basically the, the proposition there. So um, way too much time spent on that, but it was the first time, so we wanted to explain it. In the future, we will not spend this much time talking about Patreon because that's not what this show is about. Uh, so the game plan coming up, um, we've mentioned it a couple times. Our next Timey Wimey episode is uh, a few weeks out. We're going to be covering Harry Potter, the Prisoner of Azkaban. And uh, remember, we're going to be covering the movie, not the book. Uh, the the movie apparently covers a lot more of the time travel and the the timey wimey aspects. But if you want to read the book, you can still read, read the, the book. book anyway. It's really Absolutely. only at the end that all that time travel happens, which is a little sad. It is, but you know what? I'm looking forward yeah. to rewatching it, knowing that all that happened and seeing mm-hmm. all the breadcrumbs because I'm sure that they yeah. that they left some there. So there we'll, like when she t- like uh, behind we'll, her. We'll talk about it next so. time. <laughs> we'll talk about it when we do the, the, the movie. Yeah. All right, so um, if you're interested in doing that, um, you can um, pick up your copy of, of Harry Potter, The Prisoner of Azkaban on uh, DVD or Blu-ray at Amazon. We're going to leave um, a, a link to where you can find those on Amazon. And remember, as always, guys, that um, anytime we have an Amazon link, that's what's called an affiliate link. doesn't change your experience at all. It just helps to support us a little bit if you buy it through that link. Um, So we're going to link up to both The Prisoner of Azkaban as well as a two-movie combo set that has the Sorcerer's Stone and the Chamber of Secrets. So if you've never seen any of the movies and you feel like you're going to be lost by (laughs) starting off with number three, then go watch one and two and uh, and be a part of that. But you Um, should be able to just pick up on the third movie. They... There's stuff that they mention that you might not understand, but you yeah. should be it's able not to a just whole watch lot of it. Continuity between the yeah, you, books. they do they do a pretty good job of of catching up the the folks that maybe yeah. didn't see the first two. Or I feel whatever, like so. that's how it's been a lot recently with movies and TV shows where it's like they kind of this have to is know. where you start. Yeah, they kind of have to nowadays. All right, so join us next time as um, it, b- before we get to Prisoner of Azkaban, we have to go through the library. We're going to be uh, checking out Season 4, Episodes 8 and 9, Silence in the Library and Forest of the Dead. Guys, I'm so flipping excited. (laughs) I can't wait until next weekend. I'm so flipping excited. Um, Until then, Noobs in the Whovian is a production of uh, Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is that guy. Hi, I'm Tripp. And our production editor is this other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia, to Jared for the Classic Who connection, as well as being a Patreon subscriber, and thanks to James Kennison for being a Patreon subscriber. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs and the Whovian. You can directly message us there, or you can email us at noobsandthewhovian at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out uh, the website itself, noobsandthewhovian.com, where you can get our show notes and links to things that we've mentioned during the show. Uh, Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, leave us a rating, um, do all the things. Not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And And we're we're the the noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Be whip.